Obviously, you made a right turn, because here's the wrong kind of podcast. All right, thank you, Bull. Here we are today, Monday afternoon. We have a guest here on the phone. It is Mr. Lee Ralph, and he is an author. And what is the name of your book, Lee? Hell Comes to Play. And the uh, subtitle on that is The True Untold Story of America's Mass Murdering Family, The Bloody Benders. And for those of you who don't know, we're uh, we're recording here in Caulfield, Kansas. And if you find a map of Caulfield, Kansas, you can go right up the road about 20 miles to the north. There's a town there called Cherryville. And then another, what, six, seven miles north of that? Yeah. Right in that general vicinity. If you find the uh, intersection of 169 Highway and 400 Highway, you're going to be just to the uh, east there, probably a mile, is uh, mm-hmm. kind of their claim to fame up there of the... Uh, the first serial killer, I believe, and it's uh, well, the first what serial killer family? Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. I didn't. Okay, I'm I'm telling untruths. Way to go! Way to start. <laughs> anyway, people can figure it out. Uh, Megan's always been interested in the uh, the bloody benders because of some movies that yeah. she enjoyed. We can blame Rob Zombie mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. my very disillusioned um, expectations of what the bloody benders were really all about. But I, I did read your book, and I am somewhat fascinated by the, um, and this is a, a way jump into the, closer to the end of the book, but the, not necessarily mm-hmm. the genealogy part of it, which is, I just think is really cool anyway. Like, I like to study our own genealogy. Um, mm-hmm. But I did recognize some familiar names of people who have married into my family who are from some areas in Arkansas that you talked about. So now I'm like... I got to go find out like if these people were, you know, innocent, but part of the mm-hmm. part of the story. But, um, but just the history of how they got here, you know, so many people focus on what they did afterwards. There's not a whole lot of how did they get here in the first place stories. And um, so I really enjoyed that. And I know Justin wanted to let you talk about yourself first and yeah. what he said author, but I'm sure there's more than yeah, so tell us, tell us who Lee is. It's not just a guy writing books about uh, serial killers, I suppose. Well, first off, as far as author, this is my very, very first book. In fact, I had no plans on writing a book, truthfully. Um, I'm more of a researcher. Um, as Megan was saying, I, I like genealogy. Uh, it's one of my many hobbies. Uh so the genealogy and doing research led me into studying about the vendors who already uh, grabbed my attention, you know, as, as a native Kansan. And my family's from southeast Kansas uh, originally. But, um, you know, I started digging into it and I started finding things and it led me into writing the book. You know, people start saying, hey, you need to put this into uh the written form, you know, don't let it die with you. But anyway, that's uh, as far as me being an author, but um, the rest, as I said, I'm a native Kansan. Uh, I live in Northeast Kansas. My family is originally from Crawford County. Um, A prior Marine, or once a Marine, always a Marine. I pretty much don't know where to go with it from there. That's all right. You're good, you're good. So, uh, everybody that listens knows 
I didn't uh, read your book. They know that. That's just how it is, people. Uh, I've read one book my entire life, and if you can uh, tell me what book that is, I uh, will give you an award. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But uh, I've talked about it on here. Uh-huh, you yeah. have. Uh, do you know what it is, Lee? Oh, Oh, I man. remember you mentioning, but I, oh, I don't, I don't. It's I am right. so it's sorry. Right. It's all right. We'll let the uh, people that I feel like home. you suddenly just became like Kelly and what's her, well, I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what her name co-ho- is. co-host anyway. is right now, but where they do their morning shows, like if you pay attention and you can answer the questions. <laughs> so Megan's going to have all the good answers and good questions about oh, the book. I? I don't know about that, but I, I really want to know <laughs> what got you started into your research of them specifically like what made you decide to take them on well just say i you know being just a native kansan and i love history and you know like i said genealogy um it one of them things i i was just reading stories on them you know kind of uh it's it's something to do you know uh one evening i don't know and I, i started reading and i'm going well that doesn't make sense and so i you know i just started searching what was on the internet and I'd bought in a couple books, and I, I started reading, and I'm going, this just doesn't make sense. And so I started using my uh, skills, if you would, that I know from doing genealogy, and I started searching some old records. And I'm saying, well, what they were saying in 1870s, there's so many clues there that nobody followed up on. So I, start, I started searching those clues, and then I would find one clue. Then it led to another, that led to another, that led to another. And I said, so basically everything that I have read doesn't match up with the records that are out there that haven't been researched. Mm-hmm. And as I said, that's, you know, I was telling people about it. And that's when they said, hey, this needs to be put into uh book form or somehow it needs to be brought out the true history of the benders it's been uh i I want people to understand that this is a book for sure about the bender family but along with that there is so much other history involved with this that you branch off and you talk about um the victims or the um Mm -hmm. sometimes supposed victims and you even at one point are talking about people who were later um accused of being the benders post their um, their leaving of of the um, well, what we would call the bender mounds, I guess. But um, mm-hmm. and so your book is more than just a um, hey, here's what happened. It's a a real dive into who and why and how it kind of all came together. And you know, everybody's always fascinated by Kate, and I am too, because this is the first time that I I'd ever read anything about her not appearing to be, um, you know, you have some pieces in there where you talk about some people did not um, say that she was the most beautiful woman in the world, which is what you kind of are alluded to anyway with, um, I'm talking with my hands now. Nobody can see. Yes, I can see you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Soon I'm going to be smacking the mic. Um, But yeah, that, uh, so there were some other descriptions in there, but, and, more than the um, the the spiritualist part of it that I wasn't mm-hmm. aware that was so predominant with her. I um, yes, yeah. I just uh, I had no idea. So I 
I cannot imagine the amount of hours of research that you must have put into following each of these leads. I've actually, as, as I said, I had researched this for some time, it, actually a couple of years before the thought of going, hey, you know, maybe there is something here, you know, and really start digging into it. Um, let, me, let me step that back. I, I found one clue, oh my gosh, years ago. And I went, oh, wow, yeah, that's totally different than anything I've ever heard. And I kind of let it go. And then, you know, I, I don't know, it's one day I sit down and start digging and found another. And I just kept finding these clues that um, just kept telling me a different story. Um, I kind of went off from what you were saying. I hope I didn't uh, sidestep your question. No, no, you're fine. You're good. Um, and it just, you know, I, I, I had researched it and like I said, I probably said, on the main information for a couple of years before I even did, you know, like, again, I had told people about it and they start hearing people say, Hey, you probably ought to put this into writing, but I, I, I can't even think about how many nights I sat there and just looked at records page after page after page. And I mean, literally hours and hours, uh, every night <laughs> no kidding. and that's when i was just doing it just for the fun of it it's a hobby at that point <laughs> yes <laughs> well and sometimes i would be doing something else uh, uh i have a youtube job you know maybe editing something or uh just nothing to do and i just sat down at the computer and started looking so it, it's one of the things i just started looking into records and before i knew it i did spent seven eight hours looking at <laughs> records and you know i didn't realize how much time i had actually spent uh digging into this so what is i know that you have a different take on it but in the in the simplest form what it what do you disagree with over the whole story <sighs> there's actually several different parts one of course is the that we don't know who the benders are. The question of, are they a family, not a family? Were John and Kate brother and sister? Or were they married? You, you handle you know, that very well. That I, oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, those are all questions. Uh, um, the other thing I disagree with is the, as Megan was touching on earlier, the, uh, bringing in uh, people that were basically innocent and labeling them as benders. And to this day, you can turn on uh, programs, videos on YouTube, uh, podcasts. And these people are still, I don't know how else to say this, but their names are still being trashed 150 years later. And they're totally innocent of being the benders. And they're innocent because you found some research that basically yes. excused them from being there. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and I go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, I'll go ahead. Uh, so oh, you, I'm sorry. No, sorry. So you you think there's more than what we're uh, told as far as number of victims as well? Correct. I think there. Yes, I think there could be. I am. Um, 
And what Bob Miller has going on right now with the archaeology team, I'm hoping that they can answer this more definitively. Uh, I don't think that they spend as much time processing the land as they should have or could have, you know, in the 18, in 1873. Yeah. But hopefully with what he has going on, uh, and you had him recently on your program. Yes, sir. One, a couple months ago. Yep. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting listening to him. But uh, I, uh, I'm hoping with what the uh, KU archaeology team uh, digs up, we'll answer that question a little bit better. But who knows how many victims could be outside of the land as the first couple victims or possible victims were not on the Bender land or not found on the Bender land Yeah, in the beginning. Have you been out through the uh, land and checked it out? I'm sure you have. Yes, yes. Pretty yeah. desolate. Even today, it's pretty desolate. There's <laughs> not a whole lot out there. Yes, it's and it's it's weird when you're standing there. You do have a feeling of isolation, even though you have, and it, as I mentioned in the book, even though you have civilization racing by, yeah, a very short distance away. Yeah, while you're standing there, it's I don't want to use the word eerie, but I, I will. It's oh, it's kind of an eerie feeling. It is, yeah. And, and the area is kind of unique in the fact that you have a uh, pretty good settlement of uh, Mennonites, right? Is it Mennonites? Not Mennonites. Uh, yes, Amish. Amish. Amish, I'm sorry. Yes, the Amish there. And so there's a lot of uh, wagons running around, a lot of folks without electric, you know, kind of living the old school ways. It just kind of adds to the yes. whole thing of the area there, you know. Well, you know, it's funny that you bring that up. <laughs> uh, when I was down there, I was, I was doing a video for YouTube, and then uh, – while we were looking around the area, I noticed tracks on the uh, uh, gravel road there. And, as, you know, there's that kind of that juxtaposition of, you know, in modern times and seeing the wagon tracks. We were making jokes about the benders coming to visit us. No. I was going to say, you literally were in an eerie kind of a situation. <laughs> yes. There, <weren't> <laughs> yeah, that is a little... And as uh, the gentleman, uh, uh, Don, uh, was showing me around... Uh, explained to me that they have a uh, Amish uh, settlement not too far from there. Yeah, right down the road. Mm -hmm. Justin's had up-close encounters. We've had a little experience. It was <laughs> it was a thing. <laughs> you know... Which, yeah, I, see, I, we don't have them uh, too much up here in northeast Kansas. I mean, a little bit further, but uh, there I'm at. So it's, to, uh, you know, it's, to us, it's kind of strange running into some, uh, you know, Amish or Mennonite or anybody mm -hmm. like that. You mentioned something in your book that I had never really put into um, thought before, and that was that the idea that the Benders might have been a part of a larger gang um, with people mm -hmm. um, sending people to them or taking care of their um, carriages and horse and buggies and all that that happened, you know, after death, I guess. I don't know why that mm -hmm. had never crossed my mind before, but that is something that I'm now like, I want to know. I want to, I, how am I going to know who else was, was there anyone else involved and who were they? So thanks well, for that. Did, thanks I, for that, Lee. Oh, well, thank you. Thank no problem. Um, I, I, that sounds kind of funny, but yeah, that's, you know, it's just one of them things that I came across and I went that they couldn't have done this, uh, by themselves. I just, 
it just isn't feasible. The logistics just isn't there for them to do that. And there's just so many people, as you read the old stories, that just kept turning up. It just were always there in the background. Mm-hmm. And some of them weren't uh, star citizens, if you sure. know what I mean. And um, there was even a couple that I, I, I questioned that were star citizens. Um, you know, I'm going, they, they just keep showing up over and over and over in their history. Hmm. And you have to question did they know more? Did they play a bigger part in this? And it's like there's one gentleman that uh, yeah, I won't go into too much, uh, but he, he was constantly there to steer the reporters and stuff like that. And I have to ask, did this guy know what's going on and what was his reason for always being there? was to steer the uh, investigation away from digging too deep or to throw the reporters and the investigators off. Um, Again, I I just can't see them doing this alone by themselves without some sort of outside help. And I, I don't know if the vendors themselves were the masterminds or if they were just a tool being used by another group. Hmm. It's a fascinating that makes concept. Sense. Yeah, it's a fascinating concept. It, it kind of makes sense. When you first said it, I thought, nah, I don't know about that. But they did have to dispose of wagons and horses and bodies, and mm-hmm. and that does seem to be a lot to take on for two women and two guys. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with all this mm-hmm. stuff? Where are you going to... Where are you going to roll all these wagons and horses away from? People are going to know that you don't have this stuff normally. That is interesting. Well, well you think about it. Uh, okay, you think of modern times. Somebody drives up in their Chevy, you know, parked out in the front yard. They get killed. They're not running that Chevy away the first day, you know. They're, they're going to try and get rid of it. But at some point, somebody's going to go, hey, why is that Chevy pickup sitting out there in the yard? I've never seen that out there before. Yeah. And how far would they have to go away to, to make it away? You know, you just yes. got to run it down. Of course, we have knowledge of the area. There's not a lot of, like, mountains or ravines that they could just roll this stuff off into. I mean, I mean right. it's it's the stereotypical Kansas scene that everybody thinks of. This is, of course, it's like the back, one square mile of typical. Yeah, <laughs> around here anyway. And, of course, so 100 years ago, there wouldn't have been nearly the trees that aren't there now so it would be even worse right so yeah that's a that's an interesting take on it to what would they do with all that stuff because there's not I, a, I, I, big ravines around there mm-hmm. and i can't see you know of course um you had the uh oh i can't remember the uh actual term for it but the indian lands yeah. of oklahoma yeah um I, I i just can't see that being a large uh, draw for them to take the wagons and stuff to. I just don't see that being profitable to them. That's a good little distance to too. That for. Yes. I mean, that's probably what twenty-five miles to what would be Indian land. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. In, that's a good yes. clip. Back then. And you know, 
to, to try and run a wagon down and be back at sometimes it you know and even as sparse as it is somebody's still going to go didn't i just see john with the wagon yesterday it would be interesting no, he's running a diff- yeah, yeah not his wagon just, yeah you've always got a yeah. new wagon and there would have to have been two mm-hmm. of them because somebody they would have had to get back somehow huh. right yeah. interesting great we got in justin's mind he's going to be Mm, now I need investigations. Uh, little side note, Mr. Miller, Bob, he's talking about a minute ago, they were doing the research mm-hmm. out there, and they found a lot of artifacts. Now, are mm-hmm. those the benders? Are they somebody else's? But uh, he gave us a piece of it, so it's kind of, I don't know. You yeah. know, I don't want to use the word cool. <laughs> it ain't real cool yeah. to have a murder well, stuff, but, you know, it's a, it's a piece of history. It's like this could be, you know, theirs. I actually have a couple of little pieces that that's cool. to, from that we found there. That's yeah, it's right. it's it is. It's when you're looking at, it, you don't know that it's theirs. You don't know that it's not. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Megan, you got anything else? I don't want to give away too much. People no, need to go no. buy the book. That's and, the whole point. Yeah, and and read it. I'm. I just was really fascinated with the take on it. It's not going to be your typical bloody bender read. I guess like. Here's the story of the benders, um, you know, right here in Kansas. It, it goes so far beyond that. So, yeah. Lee, you was talking about a uh, YouTube video. Tell us about your YouTube channel. What are you doing over there? Well, I, okay. I, of course, I, well, thank you. That I'm pressing, but, uh, I have one that uh, I just started this just on basically the bloody benders in my, in the book. But then I have my other one. Uh, which one of my other hobbies is bushcrafting, homesteading type stuff. Oh, really? So that's basically what, what that video is oh, about. Cool. But then again, uh, I've ventured other things, you know. Uh, my, one of my top videos, which didn't even plan, it was just something I was doing on the side. I uh, tore down an, an Evo motor uh, off my motorcycle that uh, shelled on me. <laughs> so I just tore it down to see if I could figure out what the problem was. So it's, you know, it runs whatever I'm doing at the time, but the uh, main uh, gist of it is uh, bushcrafting and homesteading and that sort of thing. All right. So where were which, they? You know, goes, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I said, which leads into that uh, question we was having when we were talking about a loan. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a buddy of mine that was on there. Tell us, how do they, how do they find the uh, YouTube channel about the benders? That way they can tie in with the book. Uh, it's just the same name as the, uh, book, Hell Comes to Play. Hell Comes to Play. What's another deal? Hell Comes to Dinner. Isn't that another deal? I have no idea. I think that's the, uh, cowboy deal. Tell him Hell's coming and I'm bringing dinner or something like that. It's, uh, <laughs> okay. yeah, that's the, uh, Wyatt Earp deal. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> not the same thing. Yeah, not the same thing answer. at all, but it's pretty good. I liked it. Uh, and where can they buy your book? Right now, I have it just on Amazon. I'm in the process of working to get it through Barnes & Noble and then Ingram Spark, which will then branch into other bookstores and other uh, venues. Venues, uh, The Barnes & Noble, I'm waiting for them to uh, process the book and make sure there's no errors in it. And then from there, I can get it uh, at least into their catalog. That's cool. But as I said, right now it's just on Amazon. Uh, 
I've noticed around here sometimes you'll find books from local people and you're local in some of the stores around here. I was wondering if yeah. there was ever any chance of finding one around here. Maybe I haven't reached... Oh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's it. No, I was going to say, I haven't reached out to too many places yet besides that. I, you know, I'm still trying to get the wheels rolling on it, getting the yeah. word out about it. Um, I have gotten a copy there. Of course, it's just a single copy at the uh, Cherryville Historical Museum. I'd like to see if they would be interested in having some there. It's a great the museum. museum. It's a great, it a museum. great museum. I was, uh, I didn't put, my anticipation was pretty low when we first went there. I thought, no way. This little house here, well mm -hmm. worth the price of admission, which is donation. I mean, <laughs> yes. it's, it's a hell of a, they've got artifacts in there that are just, damn. They got a lot of stuff. I feel like that place needs to have much more. It needs to have a better location. So I mean, you know what I mean. It just it feels like there's it's being held back by that little packed. house. Yes, there's a lot of stuff packed. Yes, you pu you pull up and it looks like a residential home, like it's your grandma's which, you know, house. It was. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. Grandma's house, exactly. But uh, yeah, they have, and it's not. Just the benders. There's no. so much more history in there. But it's if you, well worth the stop, as yeah. you were saying. But if you want to see the hammers that supposedly were used, that's where they're at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of, I want to get in and check the actual knife here and speak. I question that being the knife. I wondered, I wondered if you had been in to actually see any of it because, you know, we were there and I did not realize that I should have been on the lookout for that. Um, Where's this at? Topeka, the um, the museum that we went through with Repron. It's in the Capitol downstairs. Yeah, really, I didn't know that. It's it. No, the the knife is at, at the uh, Kansas State Historical. Uh, oh, not Society. at the same place. Oh, okay. okay. All right. And they they suppose uh, they say they have a bender knife. Yes, they have it archived away, and you know, and I touch on that in my book, and it's. It just doesn't look beefy enough to do the job. Huh. And one of, of the, I, I, I can't remember her actual title, but uh, state historian or something, it's in there. But she questioned it also. She said, this hmm. just does not look, look like the type of knife that would be used in a, without going into detail, the situation that the benders needed it for. Yeah, they needed to do some but serious I, I, damage. I'd, I'd like to see it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's all right. But no. yeah, I just, to me, I just said it just doesn't look like the knife that would, a butcher knife looks like something would, that would handle what they were doing. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at a picture of it now. It looks more like something you'd cut uh, carrots up with. I mean, exactly. I guess when you're a maniacal serial killer, maybe you make do with what you have, but I, if I'm going to chop somebody up, it's going to be a little beefier than that. Huh. Yes, there, that's exactly what I was getting at, yes. Well, we don't want to give out too much information on your book, but it, it looks pretty cool, and... There are some pictures included of like Ooh, artifacts pictures. and stuff. I know. I I thought you would appreciate I that, like dear. Pictures. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't read all of it because it's not all. I'm just gonna make her read it. English. Sit over the, there and read it like audio book. The pictures. I mean, not. Oh, jeez. There you go. Story you, time. With you need an audio book, Lee. <laughs> so uh, 
so uh, people with third grade education like myself can uh, listen. No. I thought about doing an audio book. I just haven't uh, fully chased that idea yet, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, I've got enough enough trails that I'm working on right now. Yeah. Um, get this one out there and going. Once I get sure. to Barnes, yes. Well, once I get to Barnes and Noble and the Ingram Spark, you know, into other venues, and then I will probably look. I do have the Kindle version up oh. as far you know as well as the paperback and the hardback. Cool. And then I thought I would then look at the audio book. Well, uh, next time you're here in the neighborhood, you should stop by, and we can uh, put you here in uh, Grandma's dorm room, and we can talk about. Whatever you want to talk about, that would be cool. I I really would have loved to come come down and hang out with you guys. Uh, just didn't have him, but I would have loved that. We maybe we can get a hold of Mister Miller and we can all have a uh, a wiener roast up there at the uh, the Bender Ranch. Oh jeez! Oh no, there you go. Yeah, there <laughs> cool. you go. Yeah, serial killers and hot dogs. Oh jeez! Yay! Yeah, it's a great time. Hey, we really appreciate you uh, calling in. And for those listening, this was our first attempt at a call in. So if it sounds terrible, uh, blame Megan. Hey, uh, <laughs> I think well, it sounds you didn't okay. Say blame Lee. Well, I was going to <laughs> at first. I really had considered it, but uh, I didn't want to, you know, scare off potential future guests. <laughs> but no, really, it's Lee's fault. Uh, so yeah, I appreciate you calling in, and thank you for listening. I can tell that you listened by some of, the, of our conversations we've had in uh, private. And, uh, these and go by the book. Yeah, these go by the book. These are the kind of guests. I'm going to pitch the show a little bit. These are the kind of guests that I'm looking for, people. It's uh, interesting. It has something to do with the region. You know, it can be farther out than Cherryville. I mean, I'm talking four-state area here. And uh, Mr. Ralph is the first one to uh, step up, and uh, I appreciate your help. Thank you guys for having me on, and uh, I enjoy your show. As I said, I listen to uh, whenever you get a uh, new podcast up. I listen to it at, at work, and you guys keep me laughing through the day. And so, appreciate it. <laughs> thank you for uh, uh, taking some time and letting me come down and pitch my, or, you know, uh, pitch my book on your show. All right, two things you guys are going to do: you're going to go to Amazon, and you're going to search "Hell Comes to Play," and I'm sure you can put in keywords "Bloody Benders" too. And you're going to buy a book mm-hmm. or three of them. Buy one for your grandparents at Christmas time. They'd love to read about serial killers. And uh, then also you're going to go over to WKOPodcast.com and uh, you drop off some jingle over there so that we can continue to bring guests like Mr. Ralph here to the show. All right, Lee, thank you for uh, coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, well, thank you. Yep. See you guys later.